0: Surprisingly. Just kind of like staring into space for a minute. And then he's like, I'm sorry to delay. We will now proceed with Visser One's statement. Um. And. Uh. I- Idris is like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> 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 and Eva's like, there's another game pl- being played here, another game altogether. Uh. And Eva's like, he's hoping for a way out. You were not supposed to be convicted. They want a way out. You have to find it. You have to discredit this or three. Marco, I whispered voicelessly. Yes, Marco, my child to save yours. Uh... And then they, they try to go back to the trial. Like, where 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 should I pick up the story, Gareth? I don't what? <laughs> uh, and he's like, at the point where I terminated direct memory contact, begin by telling us what became of the human progeny of your host and the host of your subordinate Esum. And Visser 3 is like, yeah, tell us. We're all gonna be fascinated to know the answer. Uh, and Idris is continuing to just flounder completely, unable. To answer anything. Uh, and Eva is like, Tell me the truth, Idris, right now. I'll help you, but you need to tell me the truth. And, uh, Idris is like, They're free, but I can't tell them that. I have to say that I killed them. No, Eva shouted. Viscer 3 is too eager. He can barely contain himself. What if Viscer 3 has them? What if he has your kids? Uh, and so she's like, Oh, well, we gave them up to be adopted. Uh, and I terminated contact. And Viscer three like slumps. <laughs> and Idris is like, Oh shit, Eva was right. <laughs> um, and in order to stall for time, Idris is like, I, I need food and I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. 3 is like she doesn't need food. I gave her a whole head of lettuce just an hour ago. <laughs> um and Gareth is like, "Uh oh, maybe she doesn't need food, but I need food." So, yeah, we're going to adjourn for an hour. Um Mr. 3 is very upset. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's like, take her to the feeding building for human controllers. I do not need to remind you that if she so much as thinks of escape, you will each be killed. And Idris is like, standing up very slowly, can barely move. She's like, I don't think I'm going to be running very far. <laughs> um, we, we learn that we are in the yerk pool, uh, in this, uh, kind of small, conference office space in one of the surrounding buildings and they take her to the cafeteria and at the cafeteria she does a fuckery in order to steal a cell phone from another controller um, and goes to the bathroom and then uses the cell phone to call Marco uh, and this is where we get th- this is where the the this is where book thirty five ended is with this moment of her calling Marco. <sighs> um, so when she calls, it's the answering machine, and she's like, "Oh fuck, I'm dead." Um, and Evas like, "You have to talk to the answering machine. This is your last chance. You ha- like you don't have a choice." Um, and so she calls out, Marco, if you're there, pick up. And he does. Uh. This conversation is
1: incredible. It's so good. It really
0: is. (laughs) Um. What, he asked, carefully masking the fear, the despair he must be feeling. Visser One was calling him. Visser One knew. He must be seeing the end now, feeling the hopelessness of final defeat. I got some small pleasure from that. "'You know who this is,' I whispered. "'Yes. Your mother. No,' he said flatly. "'Not my mother. A yurk.' "'Okay. Granted. But she needs you. She needs you and your friends. "'My friends? Don't play stupid, Marco. I know you. What you are, what you do. "'You are needed now. As quickly as you can, you need to be seen.' "'By who?' Visser three. "'Silence.' "'It's not a trap,' I whispered urgently. "'I know. Like you said. You know me.' If you wanted me dead, it would be easy. You could take me, infest me, and have all of my friends within a few hours. So you need me. This is about your little personality conflict with Visser 3. You're desperate, but you won't give me up to Visser 3, because you hate him more than you hate us. I almost choked. From almost no information, he had painted a very cogent picture of the situation. Then I almost laughed. I once thought you were too soft, too gentle. Yeah, well, things change. You've had enough time in there, Visser Three said from outside the toilet. Marco, I'm out of time, I hissed. Will you do it? Where? The pool. Forget it. Too tough a target, Visser. It's your mother's life on the line. He'll kill her, too. He'll use her to torture me. The Yerk pool is too secure, Marco said calmly. My mind was racing. Incredible. The little monster was cold-bloodedly riding off his own mother. They they deliver fresh meat for the taxons later today, this evening, I guess, in an hour and a half. Comes in by transport ship, they open the dome ingress. He hesitated. Visser one, get out of there or I will have you dragged out, Visser three roared. Where's the dome opening nowadays? Marco asked laconically. I think we kind of messed up the last <laughs> one. I told him in quick spare detail. Then you'll do it? He didn't answer. Instead he said Mom, I know you can hear me. I don't know if I can save you. You understand that, right? I'll do what's right. I'll do what I have to do. It was his only show of emotion. His voice cracked when he said, Mom. I know you will. I love you, Eva said, silent, a prisoner in her own skull. Marco, your mother loves you, I said. But if I'd been expecting him to soften, I got the opposite result. I know my mother loves me, Visser, he said. And let me make one thing clear. There's no deal between us, you and me, Yerk. I'll kill you for what you've done to her and to my dad. Count on that. He hung up. The door burst in as I slammed the cell phone into the toilet bowl and flushed. Preposterous. A scrawny teenager threatening me? I was a prisoner of Visser 3, already all but condemned to a death by torture and starvation. Did the child think he could frighten me? It was laughable. And yet you're not laughing, are you, Yerk? said Eva.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So fucking good. It's Mm. very good. It's extremely good. Yeah. It's
1: also soul-crushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Hello, hi, and welcome once again to the having emotions about Marco (laughs) slash Benny LaFontaine. Uh Yep, I was literally just thinking about the most recent episode. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, we're sad. Get used to it. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
2: Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. And uh, oh, uh, something I wanted to mention uh, a little bit mm-hmm. earlier. Mhm. But um, Idris, uh, like when she finally gets pushed to it, she's like, "Alice and Kim is alive. Humans are alive." And more alive than us. Mm-hmm. And like. And the thing is, is that like, of course, it would feel like that to her because of the way the York Empire is done. She's been in a mm-hmm. military culture her whole life. And then mm-hmm. she ends up in a scientist, somebody who, you know, does science things. For a TV show, and like probably mm-hmm. like real science in between consulting, obviously, but like, uh, uh, of course, it would seem like it just says something very, very sad about the entire York Empire to me, anyway.
0: So. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah Yeah, absolutely it's it's, (laughs) uh and and it i mean it also shows like where she was at that moment right like she Mm -hmm. was millions of light years away from everyone that she ever knew except for one person um and her entire culture even as kind of twisted as it has become um Mm -hmm. you know they they aren't necessarily trapped on earth but in a lot of ways they kind of are like they mm-hmm. traveled so far that it becomes difficult for them to travel all the way back they have to ask help to come to them mm-hmm. uh, and they can't ask for help until they have proof that they did what they did for a good reason
2: which they did <laughs>
0: Which, which they didn't. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, they kind of did. Uh, humanity is at, at the very least a class four species. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, we are good hosts generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it really speaks to, as Jade mentioned before, like that, that listnessness, list. Listlessness Jesus Um uh, de- it's depression in mm-hmm. some ways. Like it, it is uh it is being unable to focus on the things that you're supposed to be focusing on um because uh, like it it just seems impossible.
2: You know what it makes I me also... think of
1: Go on Duck Oh
2: uh, yeah, uh, it makes me think of. So, uh, I grew up poor, uh, for a very long time in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, my very best friend, I love him, uh, but he is white with, you know, white middle class American family. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, so, like, at one point in time, his car broke down, and he was like, hey, could you give me a ride? And I remember just being so, like, viscerally angry. uh, Because, like, the buses in my area are the best in the state. And uh he had just moved in with me. And so, like, I, I was accustomed to having taken a bus. And, like, just the thought of the luxury... Of being like, hey, can you give me a ride to work? Uh, My parents are going to help me get a new car later. And I was thinking about my car, which was distinctly shitty. And, you know, I paid like under five grand for. And it's just like one of those things where it's like when you see somebody who like it feels like they have it so much better than you. And you're just Mm -hmm. like. But the shit, how is that even possible? How do you even, like, pretend to look at that life? So Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what happened to Idris.
0: Mm -hmm. And it explains... Go ahead, Jade, you've been waiting. You do do it, and then I will say my (laughs) point. Uh, It speaks to why she was so easily seduced, for lack of a better term, by Allison. Is she wanted that? Go ahead, Jade. No, sadly.
1: Uh, I love this as sort of a companion piece to Aftran sharing with Cassie the experience of seeing mm-hmm. for the first time mm-hmm. and how overwhelming it is when you have only known one way of being, yeah, for X amount of time to be confronted with the reality of how different it can be mm-hmm. regardless of how content you may be in your life like up until the point of getting that like this like Idris was like yeah nah I love to climb sexual, love to be an asshole love to be a boss ass <laughs> bitch I love my job it was only when they were going like now nah, we're sending you to the taxon home world and she was like mm, maybe not I mean, I'll do something different And the same is like, we have seen Yerkes happy in the pools. Mm -hmm. But when you're then presented with this utterly different way of doing things, and like mm-Garov says to to Idris, like, now you got hooked on it. But Mm -hmm. it is, you can't go back. I mean, physically you can, but emotionally speaking, when you have the knowledge of a different way of being, you can never truly put it away again
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like it does change you yeah Yeah. as it's an experience and like uh for one of the things like during the better like we've talked about how a yerk infesting a human brain experiences the sensations because if you cut yourself off from them you lose control right so you can't risk doing it like when giving birth or after giving birth, the body is flooded with a hormone to help mm-hmm. you bond with the newborn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Like it's literally biological fact that this is a thing that happens. So Idris, even if the feeling faded, would have experienced this hormone rush
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it would have been indistinguishable from because like being so hooked in to Allison's Nervous system, no. What was it renal system that? Um, uh,
0: think, no, yeah. um, no. Renal kidneys. Yeah.
1: There's definitely uh, ad- adrenal. No, there's yeah, something, well, something like that. I'm not a biologist. Either Endocrine. Way, Endocrine. Thank you. There we go. Because <laughs> I was trying to think. It's not the nervous system. And I knew renal yeah. system was wrong, but I knew it was. Uh, Human bodies, fucking trip. <laughs> anyway, also the fact of like one having a body that experiences sen- all of these different sensations would be a trip and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But no wonder Idris in that moment, regardless of how we might come to view things later and choices she's actively making,
0: mm-hmm.
1: in that moment of her bonding, like that was happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i there is something interesting about her snapping out which is like nope 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 didn't happen stupid hormones it was no different (laughs) it was the booze talking wasn't real Mm -hmm. and i can very easily see how she would talk herself out of it yeah but it's just so interesting to see like um i remember chatting to um I think maybe my mum or another person who's given birth, she's like, you forget about how painful birth is
0: mm-hmm. afterwards
1: mm-hmm. because your body is flooded with these like feel good things, unless obviously something traumatic has happened. i like, the sort of as standard as the uh, process of giving birth ever is. Yeah. Generally speaking, there is this flood of feel good hormones and it also makes you forget how much it sucked. So you're willing to go through it again. <laughs> yep. Mm hmm. Because part of it is your body going, no, no, don't worry about all that. You don't need to worry about all of that. <laughs> don't
0: even think about it. Look, yeah. you've got a baby. Everything's fine. fine See how fine everything is right now? <laughs> Look, you made a human. Look at that. <laughs> Great job. Um, but it's just,
1: it's so interesting to me. And as I said, like this, this, uh, as a compa- it feels like a companion to Aftran sharing that memory of seeing mm-hmm. for the first time and how... It's just a whole new realm of experiences. Uh huh. It's good is the mm-hmm. thing. And there's, there's something to be said about like, like getting used to, um, we talk about like being influenced by like the fact that Alison Kim's body was probably like very depressed, which might be why Edris was depressed mm-hmm. hmm. because like, Think about it, just like, oh, well, I'm miserable. And I wonder how many human hosts' bodies are literally on a biological, uh, endocrinological level, are (laughs) going through trauma responses Mm -hmm. due to their experiences Mm -hmm. and what that may do to the yerk. Mm -hmm. This stuff is so interesting to me
2: holy shit Uh, oh yeah because capitalism is the like absolutely traumatizing it makes people depressed
0: well i think jade is specifically talking about like the trauma of being infested
1: oh Mm. yeah yep that too i mean trying to live in america is yeah like having a (laughs) nine to five yes capitalism you are quite right Derek, Is traumatizing <laughs> and life under it. but i was specifically referring to the act of you know going into a yerk pool every three days and being right, right. Helena, the screaming yeah, yeah. yeah. just like mm-hmm. especially if you have younger hosts who obviously like teenagers with the heightened levels of everything because that's what your brain is doing at that point in your development mm-hmm. children who feel everything so extremely Mm -hmm. Sorry, the cats are fighting behind me. (laughs) Or even if they happened to have a host that was already suffering um, from Mm -hmm. maybe depression or from certain personality disorders that fuck with the uh, biochemical levels in the brain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what that must be like. Like I think I saw a post the other day about a vampire, an ADHD vampire feeding on somebody who was on Adderall, and then suddenly <laughs> if they can <could> focus. Because <laughs> I love me oh vampires affected by what's going on in the bloodstream of the person good, they fed good on. Shit. Yeah. Good shit, very good shit. Yes, yeah. but like just the notion of a yerk getting into this brain, being like, "Holy shit, what is happening in here?" bitch you live like this (laughs) but yeah like and now part of me wants to see like uh somebody like dealing with living with schizophrenia and having a yerk then in there Mm -hmm. and the yerk being like holy shit yeah because with some of the symptoms of schizophrenia like how different is that from your everyday life okay now i can't control my body but there's another voice in here Mm -hmm. i am speaking loosely because i do not have experience or much knowledge in the way that i just know auditory hallucinations can be a symptom yeah. but like all of these different uh, mental disorders and what the things that can go quote wrong and i'm using that term loosely or ab- any abnormal psychology that mm-hmm. humans just Walk around talking, breathing, with all of this shit going on in their brains. Yeah, it goes, yeah, I'll have that one. It looks pretty <laughs> strong. It gets in there and just like, Holy shit.
2: Yeah. <laughs> How do
1: I operate this? Good fucking luck, Especially bitch. If a- mm. I love this. I mean, because this is one of the things I've talked about with um. I've talked to Danielle about with regards to playing Kel on Dumb Kids is the experience of being in an autistic brain of also somebody who is physically disabled and how a yerk could react to a body that doesn't operate the way they expect it to. Mm -hmm. And a brain that doesn't process things. They're just like, when you possess a human host, these are the things you can choose to expect. Now I'm just imagining like a bunch of yurks watching a slideshow (laughs) projection. And it's very fucking funny. They'd have to be in a host in order to see. But nevertheless,
2: (laughs) this is very funny to me. And like, honestly, something that I have always, always, always wondered about, um, specifically with like, um morphing and like taking on morphs like if you like uh acquire somebody who's got like one of those mental disorders that comes from like the shape of your brain like autism like do you have that suddenly when you morph into that person like It's one of those things that I've always wondered about. (laughs) It's implied, yes.
1: Ooh. It's fascinating to me. This is one of those things, like, again, with Kel, just like, yeah, now, if you morph me, you're probably going to have to deal with some weird stuff that you're not used to, Mm -hmm. FYI. Mm -hmm. It's it's good shit to me. I Mm -hmm. just, the science and the very loose science and like all of those implications that there isn't the time to explore in the books more. It's just like, mm, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Good food. This That's is what we're going to finish. The-
0: mm. You were. I said that sweet spec bio. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um,
2: We're going to have to have a conversation this is what happened, about like- this later.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as I
1: was gonna say, we're going to finish reading the books, uh, and the Escafile Fires is going to keep going as every fucking episode, Danielle and I talk about a different implication from the books. Hell yes. Just chat for fucking four hours. Hell but, yes. But what does this mean? <laughs> 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 oh,
2: oh, you man. thought this was just going to be the books. No, no.
0: Oh, <laughs> we'll shit. keep going.
2: I want in on
1: that. <laughs> Anywho. Um, we don't have a Garof here to tell us to get back on topic, so I uh, we <laughs> have to know it ourselves. Um, yeah. Court, uh, the recession, it, not the recession, was I the, the break in court is over. No, you do recess. recess. Yes. Same root word, language. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, Aegis is trying not to uh, have a meltdown about it as uh, she's kept waiting um and they get back and they say it's just like okay carry on the story yeah um she's like yeah you're about to tell us what happened to the host yes yes i was <laughs> i was mm-hmm. telling a story that was suicide to tell my deadliest enemy was my prosecutor my judge one of them at least was motivated by some impulse i could not fathom and i had just called on a group of andalites and morph capable humans who were humans to attack my own people i was crippled with pain weak Surrounded. Visa 3, go off. My host's child, Marco. Any of the three might kill me. And all I could do was talk. Um, I love at this point, um, Vissa 1 or Idris is still like the Andalite bandits. Multiple Andalites and at least one human.
2: <laughs> Just
1: like. <laughs> I know uh, by the end of that, she finds out, oh no, it's just the one Amberlight, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking Vissa 3 sucks so hard. Oh my god. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> um, but so to get back into the story within the story, uh, the shipboard Candron is weakening. Um, they have maybe a year uh, of it being able to keep running. Um, and obviously, if they starve, that's the end of the mission. So that is what prompted es- uh, Idris to finally contact the Empire. They threatened her, which, you know, tracks, because she'd stolen a ship and disappeared, but then she dropped the magic words, Class 5 Species, and we get this detail of her savouring this memory. Um, uh, it was a subvisa 92 I spoke with first. I have located a Class 5 Species, mm-hmm. I told him. A Class 5 Species with superior dexterity and above-average sensory capabilities. Numbers, the subvisor demanded, five billion, give or take. I remember the way the subvisor sat bolt upright. I believe he cut himself with his own haubergeer blades. He repeated it back cautiously. You mean five million, subvisor? No, subvisor. I said, I mean five billion, as in five thousand millions. Uh, and she's like, she explained her concept for the sharing. Sends a, a recording of the very first voluntary human host. Um. Outlines the plan for the invasion uh, that will not require to uh, repull all the forces from elsewhere in the galaxy. Um, and naturally, at that point, they, there's no more talk about arresting her. Uh, she goes home and uh, finds Essam slash Hildy. And I do really find it interesting as we get to this point in the narrative that there isn't a distinction. It's mm-hmm. always Essam slash Hildy at this point. Mm um um but uh he's pissed um because she's like oh yeah the new kandrona is on the way and he's like you shouldn't have contacted the empire we could according to him have flown back to york space invent some story about being lost obtain a new kandrona generator before returning he wanted to talk to her about it he was angry that she'd gone on her own to make contact and Visa 3 death was just like, she's trying to blame a dead yerk for her own treason. She's like, I contacted the Empire. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I'd wanted to. Mu- this is just some more back and forth between the two Visas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and just legs it out. Like, I was a secret agent working undercover. What did you expect me to do? Attack the White House? <laughs> um, somebody saw Independence Day. Uh, a spy. Garoff said thoughtfully, "Yes, a spy would want to blend in with the surrounding world. Might even need to stimulate certain sympathy with the local populace." I saw Visser Three's tail twitch—a gesture of surprise. Garoff had just shown his hand. Garoff was on my side. He had performed a live memory interface, and now he was defending me, however indirectly. I enjoyed that moment. I enjoyed the freshen of fear that traveled along Visser Three's andalite spine. <clears throat> And then Edson um, became irrational, but I was able to convince him of the necessities of my actions. Or so she believed. I told him children were irrelevant. We're Yerk officers, representatives of the Empire. We had a duty to deal. We had a joyful duty. And he was just like, let's lay it on a little thick. <laughs> <laughs> go with blunt and honest. I'm guessing they don't get a lot of that. Um Now my host was giving advice, helping, trying to save me. It was the ultimate humiliation. Like, bitch, you were all happy when it was Alice and Kim doing it, apparently. (laughs) So you said. Uh, uh uh She takes the advice, though. She just doesn't like it. It definitely Mm -hmm. feels like there's a pride aspect here. Yeah. So... um. Uh, and apparently SM replied, yeah, you're right. And uh, it was all about sort of reassuring that understanding concerns, yada, yada, yada. Um, and talks about how uh, she'd reached um, an unprofessional level of sympathy with the humans, mm-hmm. um, with my host, and through her with the progeny, the children. Uh, that's it. Smart. Admit what's obvious anyway. And then she talks about how, yeah, but emotions don't obscure duty. I knew where that laid. Um, I did not see that, um, and she thought that Essam would be on board, but had, didn't see that he was weaker than her. We all know that Essam, um, had, had at one point in his career been demoted for improper behavior. Specifically, it's described as a lack of vigor, a lack of firmness. I thought Essam understood and agreed with me. I was wrong. Um. And Eva's just like very nice, yeah. Like, you've dovetailed it all nicely with what Geroff saw in your memories. You had human sympathies, but you overcame them. How noble. Just mm, Continue to love Eva. Mm-hmm. And uh um, Audience, for the mm-hmm. record, I
2: would like to remind you that Esum is an unreliable narrator. We're gonna get Idris, yeah. Idris, yeah. We're we're gonna get more of the truth of what was going on later. But in case, you know, you were any kind of feeling bad for her, do not.
1: <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they moved out of Hollywood uh, because Hollywood has too much attention on it. Uh, and there were too many things already like the sharing. <laughs> Just like, yeah, no, there's way too many sort of cults in fucking Hollywood. Right. Um... <laughs> But uh, clearly they just moved somewhere else in California. Um, uh, it's easy enough for Allison to get a new job, but because she's now sort of pulling double duty, um, being somebody else for the sharing, um, using a second host, and so she was sort of running between those two, um, and it was very time-consuming. Uh, but... Let's see, and then... And uh, this is when shit hits the fan, or at least as she tells it. Um, cut into the memory of, where are you going, Essam? Don't worry, I'll leave you the Candrona. I won't starve you. I, I actually thought I loved you. And for that, I'll not hurt you now. What are you babbling about? I've just fed. I'll last three days. I'll release Hildy at that point. He'll be safe with the children by then. You think you're leaving? I cried. Yes, Alison, I I am Sub four hundred and ninety nine four hundred and nine, not Alison, I roared. Yes, subvisor. Esm said. But I am no longer a member of the Empire. I have chosen death over a cont- over a continuation of this despicable mission. Was like I couldn't believe my ears, council members. I was shocked. <laughs> Stunned. Um um, I tried to understand Despicable Have you gone mad Essam We are yerks Yes we are But we Will have to find A better way Than this um, And he just as Pissed off As all hell Being betrayed um, And we get This interesting detail Betrayed by my own By my subordinates By Hildi, By Essam And she Races for the Hidden panel Where they keep The weapons Hidden Levels a Drakenbeam beam Essam And, like, obey or die. If you fire, you may hit the children. Do you think I care? Um, Obey me, I am your subversor. Uh, He put the children down and moved away from them. Kill me then, Idris. I ordered my finger to squeeze the trigger, but at that moment my host rose up against me. She had lain in wait, biding her time, lulling me into a false sense of security. She attacked with all the force of mind she possessed. Naturally, I regained control within seconds. But in those few seconds, Essam leaped and snatched the dragon beam away from me. I mean, well, as uh, as Dirk rightly pointed out, we have a cut in from Eva. Of, That's a nice story, Yerk. Is any of it true? <laughs> it's just like, mm hmm. I've talked for a lot. Somebody else take over.
0: Yeah. Oh, I need uh, a <laughs> Idris points out, uh, like I couldn't let him take the children. Um, she tells Eva that um, her argument was, you know, we'll keep the children, I'll be a full viscer, and I can protect them. But uh, Essam didn't believe her. Um,
2: Well, that's what Eva
0: thinks. Right. Uh, But uh, mm, Idris says that Essam did believe her because he was in love with her. Um, He was in love with humans in general, with Alice and Kim with Hilde Gervais. Um he was in love with love. He had gone over, he had become human in some way. And he chose to die rather than surrender his humanity. And still you think you will conquer us, Eva said. Um and Garoff uh pulls her back from her conversation with her host into uh the story. Um and uh, she continues, Essam was larger and stronger than her because he was in a male host. He held her prisoner. He knew the feeding schedule. He waited until she was starving and basically made her leave Allison. He left, uh, the, uh, the dude that she was using for the sharing, like, chained to the pool so that she could enter a host again. Um, but, uh, the children will need their mother. Um, and Idris narrates, uh, that she said, I am their mother, a lie. Um, no, Alice and Kim is their mother. You, you are no one's mother. You never could be. You've gone human, you fool. He smiled. Yes, I have. Gone human, Subvisor. What will you do, traitor? Will you leave me in this pool with no host? Leave me here trapped, eventually discovered, flushed down the toilet by whatever human comes to investigate the disappearance of Alice and Kim. He was troubled, he was reluctant, but in the end he agreed to lock my alternate host onto the poolside restraints. I had acquired a large, impressive mail for use in speaking to my sharing groups. This alternate host spent his days in a padlocked, soundproof room. He brought me the second host, attached me using these restraining devices Essam himself had built and left. I immediately entered this host and went in search um, to kill him. Uh, And the children were irrelevant. Um, I had created the children and... Go ahead.
2: Oh, yeah. I was just going to point out that uh, Eva cuts in that, um, Idris loves Essam and she still loves the children, even Mm -hmm. though what Idris is telling the council that she was going to go kill Essam and the children didn't matter to her.
0: Right. Um... Idra says that she had become attached to the children or at least the host had uh, but now that she's free of alice and kim her mind is free again uh and there was no need to destroy the children their infants influence- infants and know nothing destroying them would have involved risk for no gain humans would adopt them and solve my problem uh garoff is like logical and viscer 3 is like Does this traitor expect us to believe that she gave live birth to humans so so that she could learn about humans? We have thousands of human controllers who pass quite well without procreating. (laughs) (laughs)
2: And she just, like, reads (laughs) him for filth. She's just like, you've never understood anything but brute force and crude manipulation, Mr. Three. Your plans are grandiose and absurd. You wasted how much time and how many resources inventing a clever potion to destroy human free will? A failure, as anyone who knows humans could have told you. You try and seize control of the head of state of the most powerful nations and end up alarming them, making half of them suspect our presence on Earth. You spent a fortune in pursuit of an anti-morphing ray that doesn't work. Why? Because you cannot even manage to wipe out a handful of candlelight
1: refugees. Yeah. I will say the fact that Vista 3, I just got reminded that post like the most awful person you know just read. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like he's I, he's right. The yep. fact that he's got a list as long as you're arm of shit he's of his fuck ups mm-hmm. is his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is nice to get like a nice detailed leash. she's like oh yeah i remember all of those books fantastic mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um i do like this is three Is of like you forgot this or what i have wiped out the ad like yeah i'd forgotten that little demonstration congrats you lost how many hawk your hosts in the process how many <laughs> yurks were killed And then, again, it's just him grandstanding. Just like, the mistake was following your path, you and the sharing. We took the Geds. We took the hawk bajir We took them. Yes, we made allies of the Taxons, but if they had resisted, we had taken them too. And he's just like pacing back and forth, full like monologuing. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a convincing speech
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because he's talking about how they are yurks. They conquer um and to do anything else is like beneath them um and it's great and a couple of the council members are nodding like yeah yeah good point and then fucking idris comes in take him out from these you know i was wrong about this three he's not a dupe of the andelites rather with all this bluster and rafing, he sounds as if he has been spending his time with helmicrons which <laughs> makes one of the council members actually laugh <laughs> which is <laughs> incredible <laughs> which might be the biggest sign that one of the council is in a human host mm. because mm. we don't really see hawk begir laugh too much like they do express amusement but we've not right. heard mention of them laughing before and mm-hmm. taxons just have the little weird like clicky clicky mouth
0: anyway.
1: <laughs> regardless we get a nice reminder of the irritation that is the they <laughs> um they're barely bigger than a grain of sand but with enormous egos yep. um and this uh, is where Visa 3 really uh, attempts to... Uh, we thought we pulled an ace card before. This is the, the second secret ace. Mm-hmm. Um, because three is like, yeah, you no, know, you feared a war of conquest that would destroy your children. And Eva's like, careful, it's a trap. And Idris is just like, no, I care nothing for the human children. Um, and this is when uh, a child walks into the room. And Idris immediately recognises this this nine-year-old-ish. Um, the son that uh, she had named Darwin, a little joke on her part. Uh, he represented something never evolved, a human child with four parents, two humans, two Jörg. Um And then... Uh, Idris is presented with a handgun um, and told to shoot this child.
0: Yep. Uh, prove to us that you care nothing for this human child. Uh, and she is unsure of what to do. Like, she knows she has to, she has no choice. If she doesn't do this, she is dead. Um, And she understands that there is currently a yerk inside Darwin's head. The yerk inside his brain is holding the gun up to Darwin's chest so that she can't attempt to shoot Visser Three with the gun. Um, And, you know, she's looking at... I looked at my son, the features that were a unique blend of Allison's Korean and Hildy's French physiology. The eyes, the hair were Allison's, the skin was pale, the mouth wide, all Hildy's. Nothing of me, of course. How could there be? And yet, this child would not have existed but for me. Surely that made me, in some part, his mother. I struggled to control my facial expressions. I was helped by the injuries. I had seen myself in the mirror. My right eye always seemed to be crying now. Darwin was a controller. His sister? My daughter? Where was Madra? Where was my little girl named for the bright tiny moon of the Yurk homeworld? The gun was trembling in my hand. Pull the trigger. It was all I had to do. I would be free. Visser three had staked everything on this one showdown. If I refused, I would be beyond even Garoff's power to save. And Visser 3 is gloating. He's like, perhaps Visser 1 is unfamiliar with the operation of this weapon. All you have to do is pull the trigger. <laughs> <laughs> and Eva's like, you can't do this. Uh And Idris is like, I have no choice. They'll kill me. Once before, you chose your life over love. Are you happy with the result? And Garof interrupts and is like, will you fire or not? He's He is also trapped in this. He knows that, like, he can't do anything to help her if she doesn't do this. Mm. Um, and then she sees behind Darwin a flea that is growing. Uh, and she sees this and knows what it means and realizes that all she has to do is delay just a few more seconds. And the flea would be done growing. Uh, and then, uh, all of a sudden, Viscer 3's host body is no longer the only andalite in the room uh, because <laughs> the anamorphs are here. Uh, Axe is here. He uh, takes down a few, two Hort-Bajir, um, and then. Uh, the rest of the Animorphs come in. We have Jake in Tiger Morph. We have a Polar Bear, which is later revealed to be Cassie. Um, we have uh, two Hork-Bajir in Morph, who are revealed to be Rachel and Tobias. Um, and in a second, everything is just fucking mayhem. Um, Visser One makes a show of shooting the Polar Bear. Uh, which does nothing because it's a fucking polar bear. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, it is a very, it, it is a much better fight than the last little ruse we witnessed in this space. Um, Vista 3 calls for reinforcements um, and uh that it it's just a huge melee um and idris can't really do anything except kind of huddle in a corner and cower because she is in a human and that human is terribly injured she has no way to do anything um she doesn't have the gun anymore i think she lost it um and the council's acting like spectators in a battle again. Um, now the council saw the truth. This is was what it meant to fight the so-called Andalite bandits, not the ludicrous shadow play Visser Three had staged earlier. This was the reality. I was almost afraid it would excite sympathy for Visser Three. Now the council mem- members saw for themselves what a handful of morph-capable warriors could do. But no, no, it was too late for Visser 3 now. He had lied to the council. Worse yet, he had treated them like fools, and now he had been caught in that lie. Uh, and then in comes a gorilla. It's Marco. And he goes up to Idris, and he's like, so, was this what you had in mind? And she just kind of, like, nods. Um, And then he knocks her out uh, and takes her away. She wakes up uh, in a taxon tunnel. Um, she hasn't been out for very long. And uh, in the taxon tunnel with her is a dead taxon and uh, the Animorphs. But also the Yerkpool complex is like super duper visible, like not 50 yards away. Um, and she realizes there must be some kind of hologram generator. She does not know that that hologram generator is probably a Chi, who have extremely good holographic technology. Um, and Marco is human. Everyone else is still in morph. Um, Marco sat on his haunches, human now, wearing bike shorts and a t-shirt. He watched me, his expression unreadable. You need to see a doctor, Visser. That damage wasn't all my doing. Bisser three, I whispered through broken teeth. Did you kill him? Marco shook his head. No, he morphed. We took off. Pity, I said. They'll find you here. We know, but not just yet. You have very sophisticated holographic capabilities, it would seem. Better than anything we Yerks possess, I narrowed my eyes. Better, perhaps, than the Andalites possess. Just a little something we put together from stuff we bought at Radio Shack, Marco said. Now, why are we here? You've served your purpose, I said. You can go. He nodded. So we were just supposed to put it in an appearance. Exactly. Interesting little war you yurks are carrying on. Are you sure you know who you're fighting? I laughed. I know everything now. You think you'll scare him, Idris? You don't yet grasp what is right before your eyes. Marco seemed to echo his mother's confidence. Don't waste your time trying to scare me, Visor One. If we ever get taken prisoner, some yurk will have full access to my memory. Everyone's memory here. That phone call you made? Please come kick butt on my fellow Yerks? That'll be known to your brother and sister (laughs) Yerkes. He sees it, Eva said. He sees the trap you're in. The boy is clever, I admitted. He has grown. You infested me at random, so you believe. But I believe in higher powers, Yerk. I believe I was taken so that my son would grow strong and wise and someday destroy you. Yes, that may all be true, Marco, I said. But if you are dead, you'll talk to no one. Marco bit his lip looked down at the ground. Axe, he said. The young Andalite's tail blade was at my throat before I could blink. Here's the deal, Yurk. You leave my mother. You do it right now. We'll throw you into the pool, let you live a little bit longer. Or, or my Andalite friend here twitches. You won't do it. You're looking at your mother's face, her eyes. You can't. You're just a human with all the usual human weaknesses. Marco stood up, but even standing, he was only a little taller than me sitting you know what it says on the New Hampshire license plates? I shook my head in confusion. Access the memories, he said. My mom knows. We talked about it. At the time, we thought it was kind of corny. But then, the more we thought about it, it wasn't corny at all. It was inevitable. I accessed the memories. Live free or die? Live free or die, Marco echoed. My mother walks out of here a free woman, or she dies. He doesn't mean it, I told Eva. Yes, he does. You have to let me talk to him. Me without you. Me alone. Ten seconds, Marco said. Tick-tock. Ten. Nine. Eight. No, do you think I'm a fool? You don't have a choice, Idris. I can still choose between types of death human. Do you think I will trust your vile, cold-blooded son there? He's sworn to kill me. Six. Five. He won't. Not if I tell him not to. You'll leave me without a host, helpless, blind. No, Idris, because Marco is my son. He has the ability to see clearly from beginning to end. He inherited that trait from me. It was monstrous, impossible. My own host was bargaining with me. I had expected Marco and the bandits to attack. I had not expected them to seize me, take me prisoner. They had reversed the power dynamic. Three, two, and now I had no chance to survive. Not unless... Unless somehow Eva was telling the truth. Could I trust her? I knew her better than anyone ever could. Had she seen the full picture? Would she do what she must? One. I will release your mother, I said. I'll believe it when I see your nasty, slimy gray body come out of her ear, Marco said. All lost, I told myself. All my hopes, all my great dreams, all come down to this pathetic hope. The mercy of two humans who hate me. And she crawls out of Eva's ear. And uh, is held helpless in Marco's hand for an amount of time that she doesn't know. Uh, and then, suddenly, she senses an, an ear canal in front of her again. And she's back in Eva's brain. I saw tears running freely down Marco's face. The others, andalite and beasts, looked away. For a long time, as I rummaged frantically through Eva's most recent memories, trying to figure out what had happened, no one spoke. And then at long last, just as I began to access what I had missed, he nodded to the tiger. Sorry, Mom, he said to me, but we have to make it look realistic. The tiger's paw moved, withdrew, and left behind four deep, bleeding gashes in my good arm. Another too-fast-to-see movement in and the Andalite slashed a shallow groove down my cheek. Has to look like you fought. Marco, cold, calculating Marco, said, as his throat choked off the words and his eyes went blind with tears. He turned away, and in a ludicrous yet touching spectacle, the monstrous bear put a paw around his thin shoulders. Okay, put her down, Axe, the tiger said. I remained unconscious, I remained semi-conscious, as often happens when a host is injured. Many Yurks know of this strange dreamlike state, unable to make the host body do as commanded, unable to control the mind, but still sufficiently engaged to be able to see the dreams, watch the echoes of recent, recent events. In this dream state, I saw what had transpired. I saw my host, the boy's mother, explain to her son. Marco, you don't understand. If she turns up without a host, without me, they'll know something went on. They'll dig till they get the answers, Marco. She needs to die, mom. You need, dad and me, we need you back. Through Eva's eyes, through her memory, I saw myself, small and harmless in Marco's grip. I know you do, sweetheart, and God, I need you more than life itself. But she's the one pushing for a nonviolent invasion. Visser three wants all-out war. He wants to incinerate cities from orbit, kill and kill till we submit. We'll never surrender, Marco blazed. Eva took his face in her hands. Marco, that's a nice sentiment, a brave ideal. But the truth is, Marco, humans do submit. Not all, and not always, but some. Maybe most. Enough will submit, Marco. Enough to give the Yerks what they want. And the rest will be dead. Millions. Billions. I saw Marco's hand tighten around me. I saw how close he came to that inexorable power crushing the life for me. You can't rely on slogans, my brave son. You have to win this war. For now, Visser One must survive. Only she can restrain Visser Three. If she loses, or if she is seen as disloyal, he'll have his way. Marco was not convinced. Open war would mean humans could fight back, at least. Better to know the enemy, know who to shoot. Yes, but we may well lose, Eva said. And even if we win, how many millions or even billions of humans can we sacrifice? I saw his face through Eva's memory. Saw him consider. A child. He was now deciding the fate of Earth and the Yurk Empire. Doesn't make sense, he said at last. If open warfare would work, Visser 1 would support it. So either the Yurks have reason to believe open warfare would fail, or Visser 1 has some other reason for going with the slow infiltration thing. Clever, clever boy, I thought. I'll enjoy the day I see the end of you. Standing there, smug, reveling in my weakness, imagining yourself invulnerable. I'll find a way to make you scream. She has a reason, Eva said. Tell me. She has children. Yerks reproduce by fission, the young Andalite interrupted. They have no emotional relationship with their offspring. Indeed, Yerks die in the act of reproducing. The Andalites' contempt was all too simple, but that was fine. Their hatred was mutual. She has children by a previous human host, Eva clarified. She has feelings for them. And, since she is no longer in command on Earth, she cannot protect them. If Visser three launches a bloody war, they may die. Marco was taken aback by this, though he tried to conceal it. Then he did something extraordinary. He turned to the polar bear. Cassie? I think she's telling the truth, the bear said. Sorry, Mom. You can't trust anyone. No you can't but you need to know that Visser 1 is on trial right now today on trial for her life the decision will be up to the council of 13 they know very little about earth they'll choose between Visser 1 and Visser 3 if they choose Visser 3 they will end up following his plan in the end the tiger spoke again we may prefer Visser 3 to be in charge he makes stupid mistakes his people all hate and fear him which makes his people less effective and we know him Know what to expect. Visser One might be a more dangerous en- enemy. Surely that succinct memp summary was from an Andalite mind. It was flattering in a way and true, of course. Besides, one of the tork Torkbeziers said, "Visor One knows Marco now. If she wins over Visor Three and takes back control of Earth, she kills Marco or takes him as his, as her own host. That way, she doesn't have to worry about the other Yerks seeing his memories. She can take him herself, hunt us down one by one, and we're all done for." "'Kill Visser one now, kill Vissar three later. "'Then we get the chance,' the second Hork-Bajir said bluntly. Marco looked to the tiger. "'What do we do, fearless leader?' "'It's your call, Marco. "'Your mom, your call.' "'By the Candrona itself, the tiger was human too. "'Were they all humans, all but the lone Andalite?' "'I wanted to laugh.' I wanted to run to Visser 3 and spit the truth in his face. You incompetent fool. Your every move has been stymied, not by highly trained antelite gorillas, but by humans. By children. I know now that Marco looked down at me, helpless in his hands. He closed his hand around me, but did not squeeze. I love you, Mom, he said to Eva. I know, sweetheart. I love you. And I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Dad, he- Eva shook her head. He has to move on with his life, Marco. He thinks I'm dead. He's already grieved, and even now the odds of my surviving are very small and remote. At last, the boy lost his composure. For a moment, the self-control that made him seem so old, weakened. You can walk away now, Mom. We can get you out of here. You could move somewhere far away, disappear. We can make it happen. We have the power. We have allies, friends who have the money it would take. Eva hugged him close, squeezing with all her might. I lay there, still in his fist. We each fight this war in our own way, Marco. Marco pulled away. He stepped back, ran his hand through his hair, and almost seemed to beat on his own head. Okay, my call. Then, here's the deal. Tell Visser One when she— Well, she'll know, won't she? So, Visser One, the deal is this. If we hear that you have retaken control of your first forces on Earth, we drop the dime on you. We contact Visser 3 the council directly even, and we tell them how you reached out to us. We record, we've recorded this little meeting. The recording goes to your bosses, and that'll be it for you. Other than that, this whole thing never happened. That's the deal. You don't know us. We don't know you. We were never here. A recording? How? I looked around, searching for a recording device. Futile, of course. We were behind a hologram. With a hologram emitter, this sophisticated anything could be hidden. And by the way, Marco added, If you get to thinking we can't contact the Council of Thirteen, guess again. Not all your fellow Yurks are loyal. He held out his hand, reluctance making him tremble. Not this time, Yurk, he said to me. You don't die today, but someday. He gave me back to Eva. That's when I discovered how my fate was decided. (sighs) My, My heart breaks for Marco.
2: Yeah... And for Eva, Jesus <sighs> Christ, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Like fucking like I love to see where Marco gets it from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about yeah. Shannon and Daniel and I'm just like <laughs>
0: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. There's no fucking way. <laughs> Shannon would have splashed Visser one
1: her fucking self. This is part of why we needed to sort of see this about Eva Mm because as well as like obviously understanding the plot and all that it also I feel like we get to see Marco as the child that he is and also Mm -hmm. we understand him more by seeing Eva like this.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh
1: Because I think it can be very easy to maybe think the worst of Marco as a person. He certainly thinks the worst of himself, Mm -hmm. to be clear. Yeah. Um, As we've seen on more than one occasion. um, It's not said exactly word for word, but Eva is the one that says to this one, like, he sees the line like Mm -hmm. I do. He sees A to B. Mm Mm-hmm. Eva is a practical person at the end of the day. And for all, like, that's all we know about, like, well, you got to find stuff to laugh at because that's Mm -hmm. life. Mm. She has been witness to the goings-on of this fucking invasion for so long and the sort of person that she is that she can make a decision that is clearly breaking her heart Mm
2: -hmm. Mm.
1: because it's what needs to be done. I fear for what the end of the series is going to do once again.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not fair. looking forward to that. Daniel <laughs> yeah. don't just don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, <sighs> but like getting to see Marco have this moment of sort of peace and reconciliation. Having even clear that she still loves him even after the things he had to do Mm
0: -hmm. when he's
1: been hating himself about it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, like, a gift, effectively, she's given him here. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, I know this is hard, but you're doing the right thing. And it's also, like, putting her faith in him as Mm -hmm. well. Like, you know, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And I know it sucks. And, like, for all that, like, Jake is the leader, I, I'm t- it's like Marco is getting to hear from not just an outside source, not just an adult, but his mother, like, your what you're doing is important and mm-hmm. the way you are doing it is important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like... I just, there's this, I think, I can't remember if I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but there's this line uh, in the first Crow movie. It's probably from something else originally. Um, But, um, mother is the word for God in the mouths of all children. Mm. That line lives rent-free in my head. Word. Um, But her doing, it's like, it's receiving benediction, isn't it? It's like... Mm -hmm. Even, like, the way the body language is described. Mm -hmm. It's like, I see you, um, I love you, and you are no less worthy of love because of this choice that we are making together. Mm -hmm.
2: And they are making it together, because, like, she Mm -hmm. was absolutely like, yeah, he will absolutely kill me, and uh, we have to have this conversation. Or it's just going to be the end, and yeah.
1: Then, like, like Eva advises, but and gives her wisdom, but Marco is the one that makes the choice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it. This it's interaction, a lot, and I am sad.
2: Yeah, this interaction here is very much a part of why i wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. this book with you guys Mm -hmm. because like uh i didn't remember it but like obviously i knew something like this had to be in this book Mm -hmm. and uh, like because like i listened to you guys talking about book 35 and when i got to the end of it i was like i have to find a way To be on here, because listeners, you don't know, but I was also supposed to be on that one as well, and life happened to me, and I couldn't, (laughs) but, um, like, it's just, I, 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 I cannot, like, explain in words, uh, like, how much it would mean to me. Like, I am 33 years old. My mother has been dead, uh, for at this point in time, 15 years. Uh, if I had a chance to see her and have her tell me I am proud of you and you are doing the correct things. Uh, like, I have no word how much that would mean to me and I am 33 I am more than twice Marco's age I am almost three times his age at this point in time and like and I didn't have to like take care of my dad when my mother died I didn't have to like be the adult in the household when my mother died and marco had to do so much more than i did and he gets this opportunity and just like it's a lot like it is so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. and it's really important to me uh And it makes me both, like, want to cry and makes me really happy because, uh, he does get to have this moment, uh, from his mother where she tells him, yes, I love you, yes, you are doing the correct things and the things that I would choose, uh, if I had a right to make you make a choice. And... It's just...
1: <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What I... Uh, thank you for being so honest and sharing so much with Stark. by the way. I just want to acknowledge that before I start talking about something else. Nope, you're good. You're good. What I... Especially love about, I say especially love. Another thing I particularly love about this interaction we see between Eva and Marco is how it sums up so succinctly and offers such a stark contrast of what it means to be human, and that what we have it stressed time and time again in this book is family, like those connections. And how Marco and Eva make this choice, because they are both soldiers in a war compared to Idris herself, how mm-hmm. she views parent being a parent and family and being in a war. Mm-hmm. And it just perfectly clarifies, this is why Idris, what, this is one of many reasons, but in terms of the <laughs> thesis, I suppose, of this book, this is why she sucks. Yeah. Because the way she views making hard choices and sacrifice is not the same. And it does not come from a place of love at all. It comes from a place of Mm self-interest and what she maybe perceives as love. But she sees this play out between Eva and Marco and is just like, yeah, okay, I'm going to kill that little shit when I get the chance.
0: Uh It's going to
1: be fucking great day for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because we're going to get, at the the close of the book, we have Idris reflecting about one of her children. Quote loosely, her children. The children she feels she has ownership of. And I mm-hmm. do use the term ownership very deliberately there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the comparison with that and how Eva talks to Marco, to Marco, with Marco, respecting his agency. Yep. Like when you think that those children... Uh, Darwin, and I have forgotten the daughter's name. Madra. Madra. Are only four years younger than the Animorphs?
0: hmm oh.
1: Like, also, you know, fun for the kids to burst in and see a nine-year-old holding a gun to their chest. Right. <laughs> uh,
2: but also, speaking to your point, about the fact that, like, just as much as Marco is a soldier in this war, Eva is too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, cause something that, um, like, always, it, it kind of frustrates me. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in this session, uh, I'm very <laughs> out of shape. And so, I can't do things like go to protests because I can't stand that long. I can't walk that far. And, like, I don't make a lot of money. Uh, like, I make better money than I ever had before in my life, but also I'm American, so that's still bullshit. <laughs> and, um, so, like, there's a whole lot I cannot do. Uh, to, like, contribute to causes I believe in and to help with things that I think should be helped with. And, like, Eva literally has her body being controlled by someone else. And the fact that, uh, Jade, you point out that yes, she is also a fighter in this war. Just makes reminds me that like there's a lot of ways to fight, and mm-hmm. so I just needed to say that.
1: It's a good mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. Glad you did. <laughs> and uh, let's finish, a- finish talking about this book, and then we can expand more because we still got a good chunk of time.
2: Yeah. Uh, but we'll timestamp for our listeners, on topic today. we are recording uh, at the end of August 2022, so like, if you are aware of what's going on, yeah, and if you're reading the back, if you're listening to a backlog, yeah, anyway.